0: again sometimes you win sometimes you lose and that's really going to be annoying if they keep doing that alternating wins and losses all year and then we have to talk about it on the owls america's sheffield wednesday opinion with an american accent i'm your host jeffrey paternostro i didn't want to repeat the same beer since we're basically repeating the same show so instead we are getting like starting to get a little serious we're getting towards september the days are getting shorter so i reached into uh into my cupboard made myself a nice little fall cocktail it's a smoke uh sorry a spiced pear bourbon old-fashioned with a uh, infused bourbon with pear obviously cinnamon clove nutmeg and brown sugar it takes an incredibly long time to prepare for a single cocktail but the result's quite good basically describes the rotherham game as well also on the line this week we have uh our podcast three, much like Carlos, had his Wembley 11 in New York. It's Patty A. Jones. Patty, what are you drinking?
1: Good evening, Jeff. First of all, I wish I was drinking that pear bourbon. It sounds delicious. Uh, instead, I am drinking an Evil Genius a uh, Flying Hawaiian Tropical Punch Pale Ale. Um, it is very nice, quite a nice light summer beer with a bit of fruity kick to it.
0: We have a bit of controversy over in Ohio. <laughs> Our yingling count has gone up, Evan Skilter. You know what, Jeff? Actually,
2: um, I've decided I'm no longer going to endorse or even speak about yingling because Uh-oh. they've yet to respond to my quest request to sponsor this segment. So instead, <laughs> I'm drinking Budweiser, which I like a lot better in taste, appearance, <laughs> overall quality, and is a better brewery, and please contact me for sponsorship sure. opportunities. <sighs>
0: Once again, we have one win and one loss to review, not in that order. We'll also cover the Wednesday News of the Week preview, the upcoming match against Queens Park Rangers, and once again, answer your Twitter questions. But once again, we start with 180 minutes and 90 seconds, we all only watch 90 of it because you couldn't watch the Rotherham game. That segment's it's a little not as catchy as just 90 minutes and 90 seconds, I will admit. But Soldier on, we will. Preston North End 2, Wednesday 1. Deepdale is quickly becoming a bogey park for Wednesdayites, as this one had all the thrill of the Luton game with none of the points. Wednesday struggled in the midfield battle again, but it was their right back that truly had one to forget, giving away a bad first half penalty that the Lily Whites converted, if only just you think that would have wake, woken Wednesday up and took a second penalty. Odabaijo again cutting down his man in the box before the Owl sprang into life 70 minutes in. Fletcher pulled one back after a lovely cross from Reach. And Wednesday banged on the door some more, but it was ultimately not to be. Which takes us to the Carabao Cup at midweek. Wednesday 1, Rotherham nil. More dull action despite four strikers on the pitch. But at least we didn't have to watch it. As I am reliably informed by the commentary team, Wednesday grew into the game in the second half, but they also know the rules at John Smith. You can't score until stoppage time, so they kindly curled their shots just over or headed directly at the keeper until the 96th minute when Addy Nuhio scored the kind of goal that only great strikers score. A chest down directly into your own diving toe poke. The magic of the cup. So, Evan, you want to talk about the rotating offensive options this week? Well, you know,
2: in, in honor of Peaky Blinder starting back up in England, um, I figured you know Tommy Shelby has to, to switch up his, his uh, strategies for just about every season, just about every, everything that's thrown at him. He likes to keep people um, off balance and on edge. <clears throat> Sheffield Wednesday, on the other hand, are quite boring and predictable at this point and so i just have to imagine that there's something else that we can do i'm not quite sure what it is but i have to imagine there's something we can do to to switch things up because it's just a it's a boring style of football right now yeah i mean and, and by the way I, I have no suggestions um <laughs> sorry i didn't I didn't prepare that much. So your talking this, uh... point is
0: just like you talking without a point, is what you're saying? <laughs> uh,
2: it's, it's me hoping you guys
1: will fill in the blanks here. You lost me on Peaky Blinders, mate, if I'm honest with you. Uh, but what is frustrating, though? Like I said, we've got a lot of lot of attacking talent in that team. And like you say, that we've had many a game now where it just hasn't clicked for longer than 20 minutes at a time. Um and I'm with you a bit stumped as to what we do. People are calling Forestieri. I don't think Forestieri has played that well for the last year and a half, two years when he's been on the field. Um I think Harris and Murphy look good. Um Murphy probably more the kind of spells that we're talking about earlier on, maybe twenty minute spells even there. Harris has been the best player all season. You can't really drop him at the moment. Um I think it's trying to put the right people in the right places and we didn't do that for all of them. Um, but against Preston You can't really argue with the players on the pitch They were um, one of our strongest sides So, And we didn't turn up We didn't create anything uh, Until the last 15 minutes So I don't know I answer either Evan. I just think it's maybe um, Getting these players to play more regularly together Until they know what each other's roles are uh, And to have some kind of um, Strategy which is better than the one we've got at the moment Which is just kind of Hit and hope I
0: think I think part of it is while they keep playing this four-three-three, they have trouble really sort of organizing the midfield and getting overrun a little bit. So I guess it comes down to: Do you think Harris can play on the left wing in a flat four-four-two or a four-four-two diamond? I think he probably can, and that might give them a little uh, like some different striking options. Give someone to play off Fletcher, whether it's Forestieri or. You know, even someone like Kieran Lee or Adam Reach in that spot, just to give them a little more sort of options in the box for when Harris does make his runs, because like total the four three three with you know it seems to cause Fletcher to drop deeper, it causes Hutch to drop deeper. Um, you know, we saw the first half shape at Rotherham. Uh, average position, as you so lovely diagrammed for us, Patty, on the New York Isles <laughs> account.
1: You Can you explain, I mean, just explain that to an audience to tweet, because it was essentially an arrow going downwards. Uh, that's what it was. So it's one long, so this is average positions for the Rodham match, was it?
0: Yeah, the first oh, half. Yeah.
1: So there is basically about seven people or eight people in a line in the center of the pitch. And, and then... And the two fullbacks. <laughs> and, two, and the two fullbacks. That was it. That was the formation we were playing in the Rodham first half. It was bizarre. And so we had like four strikers on, that's even more bizarre.
0: And our furthest forward was Jacob Murphy, who was playing right midfield. Yeah, it was
1: very, very weird. And we do play very central uh, quite a lot. Uh, and obviously we get more joy out of the wings, um, uh, which is just, I just don't understand the strategy behind that. Um, whether they're not listening to the um, to the strategy or whether the strategy is to do that, I'm not sure. Either way, it wasn't working against Preston and it only just worked against well them right at the end.
0: One of the highlights of the rather a match was second striker based on average position. Uh, Addy Newhew, Paddy. <laughs> so I, I've, I've put this in for both games because I think that Addy changed the
1: game at Preston too, if I'm honest with you. Him and Reach, when they came on, um, were fantastic. He had a great chance where he almost repeated his antics against Preston from the corner flag. Uh, but this time it was the other side of the field from the 18-yard box where he kind of dribbled past three people. Again, quick feet from Matty. Uh, but I think he got fouled before he was managed to take a shot about three yards from goal. Uh, but it was never given. Um, but his build-up play in that game in, at Preston, too, was fantastic, too. He, he was on the wings. He was taking people on. He was winning the ball. He was, um, he was passing it over to uh, oncoming attackers. I thought, yeah, it, it looked lively. He looked like he was up for it um, and had a point to prove, which is, is always great to see in up uh, for. And then in the Rotherham game... <laughs> Um, sorry uh, Evans just wrote Kosovan Jesus sexy saviour in our notes Um, (laughs) uh, in the Rotherham game uh, he could have an hat-trick it was uh, it wasn't the best uh, game of football uh, as you may have seen on the highlights and if you were at the match too Um, but he had a short range effort where he again went past one defender with very quick feet uh, and then it was blocked about six yards out uh, he had a header hit the post, from which was ruled offside by the end of it. But uh, he should have done slightly better on that, but it was still a good cross and a good effort. And obviously his goal at the end, which was, as you said, uh, Jeff, only he could uh, chest the ball onto his own foot as he was kind of falling over into the top corner of the net from the guys out. It's, it's quite miraculous, really. But uh, jokes aside, he put a shift in against Rodham. Uh, and he put a shift in against Preston. And if you're Bullen... You've got to be looking at him now over Rhodes and Because
0: He had much more of an impact than they did. So you're saying he should play off Steve, uh, off Stephen Fletcher as the number ten? I think we should give it a try. Uh, I mean, it's not bags of pace, is it? He's um, played off, he's played off Hooper before with some success. Yeah,
1: yeah. Maybe if, if he's the deeper of the two and Fletcher stays more up top, uh, I'm more like, with that. New
0: does like to, they both like to drop deep, so it'll force one of them maybe to play a little further forward. At this point, New Hugh might be better with the ball at his feet than Fletcher, so...
1: Well, yeah, he's not very good with his head usually New Hugh, so... Uh, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd give it a try. But I think he's just jumped above um, the other um, forwards we've got uh, as far as straightforward like Rhodes and Winall. Uh, Forestieri, to me, is still a bit of a kind of mystery man. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what role he comes into nowadays and if we have a role for him. Uh, but... On his performances so far, he hasn't really put his foot in the
0: game. Evan, is it a problem for maybe the long-term wider view of the season? That we're still earnestly discussing Eddie Newhieu as one of the attacking options.
2: I mean, if if we're discussing ways to to mix things up and perhaps throw off the defense, I, I think Newhieu is is the right fit for something like that for 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes in the second half, just because, and we, and we talked about this a lot last year, uh, but, but he's the type of player that he's, he's deceiving, right? He's a big body that somehow has great foot skills and somehow will beat you off the dribble. And, um, you know, he just, he adds, he, I think his work rate toward the end of matches is, is, Great, and I think he adds a, an element that uh, maybe we have been lacking lately. Uh, but to think that our, our promotion hopes ride on the shoulders of the Kosovo and Jesus um, might be a little, a little bit scary to think about.
0: It is really unfortunate that Gorincha got reincarnated in the body of a six foot six, two hundred and fifty pound, <laughs> uh, can't jump. Eastern European Colossus. (laughs) just must be really, really frustrated. (laughs) It's like a Shirley MacLaine past life kind of thing. (laughs) Um, I want to talk about the thing that stood out to me this week, and I think we knew it was kind of going to be an issue coming into the season, but I think some of the team selection has been a little weird there, too, is the fullbacks. You know, obviously... Odebajo had an absolute howler against Preston and has looked you know, a step off the pace at times at right back. Uh, Palmer's injury has forced Morgan Fox back into left back, and he hasn't played badly. I'm not here to slag off Morgan Fox. That's more of a 2018-2019 uh, Owls-Americas thing. He's been fine, but it's the same kind of thing where if he's your first-choice left back, you know, what are your aspirations really this season? But I don't get why, you know, we'll we'll come on to Matt Penny going out on loan uh, in the news segment, but, you know, they haven't really, they didn't really bring in a left-back option. It seems like Liam Palmer was the plan from the start, which again, what are your aspirations for the season? Understand that there were financial issues here too. But I don't get why Iorfa hasn't been first choice right-back, Patty. Um,
1: well, maybe, uh, well, what played into it. I did two suspensions at first, didn't he? Yeah, um, I mean,
0: it's, I get, he's got a, he had a full preseason though. It's not like, I don't know. He looked good enough last season, you know, at least if in attacking he's power pace, he's dangerous in the box. He can, you know, he can jump in both boxes, in, in both boxes, sometimes to both teams. Um, but he at least like seems to have a little something. I, nah. I prefer him over Odebayo of what I've seen so far
1: from Odebayo and mm-hmm. Iofa. And I think Alex, to, be, to be fair to Odebayo, I don't think he has had an awful game other than the Preston game. So that's probably why he was first, well, i say first choice. He's got the nod over him over the last couple of games. Uh, I saw, like I say, I saw like 10 minutes of highlights in the Rodham game. Uh, and there was a few bits where Ayofa was involved and he looked good. He looked like he'd been winning the ball on midfield, like he was uh, ranging forwards. He's got a good cross on him useful in the air. I just think he's got more um, skills and uh, capability than Odebayo has. He's definitely got an error in him too, like Odebayo, but I mean, I think, uh, pros and cons-wise, I offer Pipsit. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, starting right back on
0: Saturday. Well, I guess we'll move on to the, the Wednesday news in the first half, since this is going fairly quickly. With Wednesday's win at Rotherham, they have drawn Everton at home in round three of the cup. I kind of, I kind of like this draw because there's like five kinds of draws you can get at this point in in the Carabao Cup, assuming you're still in it, which is the furthest they've gotten since their uh, quarterfinal run in Carlos's first year at the helm. So you can get the cheeky still in it lower league side. You can get the absolutely boring championship game that's just a championship game in the cup where the under 23s get involved a little more heavily you can get the really boring premier league. you can get like watford you can be going to watford you get the boring premier league game where you're probably still going to get stuffed you can get the like glamour tie you know obviously arsenal at uh hillsborough and that aforementioned carabao cup run but you're probably gonna it's probably gonna be more like Man City the year before <laughs> in the Carabao Cup <laughs> when it's like seven nothing.
1: And Everton Everton looked beatable against Lincoln. Um, yeah, it'll be a, it'll
0: be a fun uh, it's a fun matchup as a team. I don't think I don't know when the last time they've actually played against Everton is. Or They had a FA Cup game sometime in like the late two thousands, early two thousand tens. I think.
1: Somewhere yeah, they lost. three nil. Yeah, so they
0: on. Yeah, they spent um, a whole bunch of money on strikers and have scored like one goal in the Premier League so far. So it's like an it's like a nice it's like a you know it's a it's a winnable Premier League game against a fairly large side.
1: I don't I don't think we're really anywhere near close to winning it. If I'm honest with you, um, it's probably yeah. It's, all right, in the past I would say that it depends who he plays. Right, if he plays the same experimental side, let's call that, and be generous uh, like he did against Rotherham, then we're going to get absolutely spanked. Uh, if he plays one of our best teams, then again, it, it depends. If this, way, for this,
0: is, this is a spot where you put Addy Newhew up against Leighton Baines and just see, uh, <laughs> but, but it's serious. Like no actual, like silky premier league play it out from the back center back knows how to deal with Addy Newhew is the thing. Cause those strikers don't really exist up there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> True. Um, I mean, the main way to deal with them is make sure he goes into the air and he won't get anywhere near it. So, yeah. uh, no, I mean, if we, I, don't, I don't think we've got much of a chance. Um, but I think under the lights at Hillsborough, hopefully Everton take a few fans there. It should be a good night out.
0: One player who won't get the call into the starting 18 for the Everton game is Matt Penny, who is off to FC St. Pauli on loan. As I alluded to in the uh, match reviews, this is a weird one to me. I mean, I guess that he wasn't really going to get into the squad because he's not the ideal left back for the way they want to play but i also don't know that he shouldn't have been their first choice left back coming into the season evan
2: yeah it's i think it's probably strange but at the same time fox has played okay and with palmer as the starting left back then you know you're kind of you're at a point where should you have the young guy for rotation work or should you have him go play somewhere where he's going to to get more time than he'll get with your club and he's on the last year of his
0: contract so it's a nice thing to do to to give him a showcase if you're not going to play him do you think if we would got the offer for morgan
1: fox when we saw matt penny on the books that we would have got the money for morgan fox and kept matt penny do you think it's just the way that the offers came in
0: yeah perhaps
2: probably um, yeah i'd take i'd take the 10 million offer for, for, <laughs> for morgan fox for sure
0: Sunderland out here buying our best players is a statement of interest uh, god bless him yeah i don't like I, i've always you know been a, a big matt penny fan i get that he's not great uh defensively and he's more of a you know, a left wing back or a left midfielder by trade, but you know, Liam Palmer is a central midfielder. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know exactly what we're doing here. You know, Thornley can play out there too if you want a want a more defensive option. So, I guess there is actual depth there, but it just struck me as a little weird. I mean, I get why why it makes sense for him. You know, it gets him in the you know it gets him regular playing time. Yass is the guy that first really gave him an extended run in first team football so that's a good fit for him you know an unfortunate debut where he went off with two yellows but uh you know obviously all the best and i hope that he he plays well and you know Wednesday find a way to bring him back into the fold because i think he does have a pretty good potential somewhere on the left wing uh so this doesn't i guess this qualifies as wednesday news it's not really applicable to anyone on this podcast but uh Sheffield Wednesday have introduced the Extra Time Supper Club at Hillsborough, which from the description sounds like the most British thing I've ever seen, Patty.
1: <laughs> You're gonna take the piss out of that. Uh yeah, it's a, it's I think it's like uh, you pay like thirty five quid and after the match is finished you have pie and peas and some beer. Hmm. I mean it's 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 great. I've I've done this beforehand when the before the Wednesday tap was the Wednesday tap. It was the Sheridan suite, I believe. And I, I treat my dad to uh, like a pre-match thing there, which is like about the same price, about 30 quid. you got a couple of beers and some pie and peas. And if it's the same guy that's making the pie and peas that was there when I was there, it's worth every penny. Because that pie and peas was amazing. like <laughs> Just like really good, like home-baked, massive kind of square
0: tray. I like how the more you talk about this, the heavier your Yorkshire accent gets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I can't amazing. say pie and peas in, in, a, in my weird accent I've got. <laughs> Uh, but no, it was it was fantastic. So um, it's it's just another option in it after the game. Um, there's not like too many bars nearby Elsborough, So if you want to have a nice little treat, go to the Extra Time Super Club. It sounds like one of those... Um, this was like a speakeasy in New York City. I think it would be called Extra Time Super Club as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: The thing that struck me about it is just like after Wednesday has ruined my weekend on Saturday, I don't know if I'd want to stick around in the stadium for a pie. I just want to go somewhere quiet and dark to get drunk. Probably. (laughs) I mean, they can turn the lights off. (laughs) I mean that that's, have you guys been to the,
2: the website where the release is? Like, have you seen the picture on that webpage? Because it, it's awesome. It it looks like it it makes it look like it's going to be some kind of sweet disco. um,
1: (laughs) And you're going to, you know, doesn't that look awesome? I'm I'm just uh, going there now. Some kind of sweet disco, though. I mean, could you uh, elaborate on those two terms, sweet disco?
2: Well, it's where you get (laughs) full on pie and peas, drink a lot of beer, and dance Uh, under a disco ball.
1: I mean, it sounds Uh. pretty good already. You've, You've sold me on the sweet disco. It won't load the page now. I'll I'll, it's, I'll comment on it later. It's
2: a picture of J- Jacob Murphy, and he's. Uh, it's after he's celebrating a goal, and he's literally doing like a a disco dance move. It, I mean, it's you just put some money or some some money some music to it, and um, <laughs> oh, maybe see. some flashing lights, and it it really these,
0: get you going. He's doing the old seventeen, uh, and we're off.
1: No, he's doing yeah. the Saturday night fever pose. Well, that's why yeah, you yeah. about sweet disco, aren't you? like okay, I see. I get you now.
0: We are coming up on the first international break of the season, and we have our first international call-up, as Kieran Westwood has made the squad for Ireland's upcoming Euro 2020 qualifier against the Swiss. I think there's a friendly in there, too, as well, against, like, Bulgaria or something. I did not put that in the notes. Um, So they called up four keepers. uh, Two got their... Are getting their first, I don't know if it's their first but they're uncapped. And somehow, like, Kieran Westwood is still behind Darren Randolph. And, like, look, I'm not Mick McCarthy. Uh, Westwood was obviously out of favor with Martin O'Neill, and he obviously wasn't particularly fit for a lot of that period as well. I feel like he should be first-choice keeper here over Darren Randolph. I mean, that's just, like, my Wednesday bias coming out, Padding.
1: Normally, I would agree with you, um, but he's been a bit shaky um, you think so I think he has
0: I, so there's like obviously the, the the goal against Millwall he kind of flapped that a little bit I think there was one in the Preston North End too where he kind of got bailed out and he flapped that a little bit I thought his, his actual, generally his shot stop, stopping and uh, defensive organization has been on point this year
1: no maybe I'm being a bit harsh but I think it's those kind of incidents where it he seems to have I don't know been a bit like a second behind the bet play a little bit um, but he hasn't really been tested as far as shot stopping that much so far. I think the defense has done a pretty good job at protecting him.
2: Well, yeah, he he's definitely gotten caught coming off the line, um, and and missing missing his punch, missing his catch. Uh, obviously, they sawing
0: down. We've given up.
2: <laughs> yeah, we we've, we've given up one goal because of it, yeah. and uh, a lot of potential goals, uh, you know, c- close chances because of it as well. But did you know Darren Randolph has also represented Ireland? Uh, in their national basketball
1: team i did not know that
0: yeah it's true i mean the irish
1: national basketball team cannot be that great i imagine
0: also did did chris just send you that information were you like typing (laughs) giving some darren (laughs) randolph facts that's the back channel again i
2: attribute that to uh to wikipedia Uh,
0: as most (laughs) things on this show often are uh so we are coming up on the end of wait 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 wait. i'm sorry do you have more Darren randolph facts
2: no, are you gonna skip uh, our, our guy getting called up to to Scotland? Are we are we just not gonna talk about oh, it? Is that
0: that might be hot. Is that hot off the presses? Because I looked uh, this afternoon when I was making this. Is Liam Palmer got a Scotland call up? Yeah, wasn't that like two days ago? Yeah, well, then it was damn it, fell, it Jeff, fallen off the main page of the Sheffield Wednesday News when I looked at it this afternoon. <laughs>
1: He's still on the news. He's such a regular in that. Uh, Can Scottish he even play sport, for
0: Scotland? He's got a. He's not fit to. got a back issue. That's
1: a good point.
2: Actually. Well, he's evidently back in training. I know. he uh, is. Uh, so, who knows? But it is, uh, he's yeah, still he's, a
0: week away. Sorry. Yeah. You
2: know, he. Congratulations,
0: congratulations to, to again, Liam Palmer. Uh,
2: the, the best. Best left, left back end up with back more Scotland caps
0: than Barry Bannon somehow. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh, if you want to vote for Liam Palmer for Player of the Month, which is what I'm transitioning to now, Evan, you can. Because we're coming to the end of August. So do we have any Player of the Month thoughts?
1: Chili's only one thought, right?
0: Probably. So I think the- Harris is the obvious one. You can probably make a case for Julian Burner.
1: yeah uh, I suppose so. Okay. I-, I was kind of single-mindedly thinking Kadeem Harris. I mean, it's probably but Kadeem I think, but- Harris.
0: I expect him to win. I would probably vote for him. Yeah, but, but I mean, Bernard needs a shout. Yeah,
1: definitely.
2: Yeah. yeah, I'd say I'd say it's between those two,
0: and maybe Morgan Fox. <laughs> and on that note, we a- actually a- will wrap up the first <laughs> half of the show. <laughs> we come back. We will preview the QPR match and answer your questions on social media. Now it is time to invite Queens Park Rangers to Hillsborough for a Saturday 10 a.m. clash. So the QPR game. They've uh, started very similarly to Sheffield sale They're two points behind in the table. Third expected goals, third most shots, second most fouled team, and third fewest shots against. So you'd think they would Maybe underperforming their peripherals, as we would say, in the baseball world. Jordan Hugel is their top scorer with three goals. Eberechi Eze is a player to watch out for. Maybe uh, QPR's version of Kadim Harris, actually. Uh, QPR, for me, is a team that when... Again, to sort of translate it to baseball, the team I always compare them to are the New York Mets, who I'm also a fan of. <laughs> As uh, not the biggest team in their city, sp- tends to spend money unwisely. <laughs> uh, might actually be broke now. <laughs> Have been v- various times recently. Um, so yeah, there's strong. Yeah, uh, Q- go ahead, Devin.
2: Yeah, QPR they're they're strange because they like you said they've what was it third least shots against Mm -hmm. but they've given up eight goals um which is good for like what fourth or fifth most in in the championship so clearly there's an issue at the back somewhere i did look up some stats and their goalkeeper joe lumley has a 5.45 rating out of 10 on whoscored.com and i really have no clue how who scored rates players but I can tell you, it's
0: not a that good five, rating.
2: <laughs> five point four five is worse than Jacob Butterfield was ever rated last season. So my man it's Joe good, really needs context. to get his shit
1: figured out. yeah they say that on the website? Is that the benchmark of bad players? Bet Jacob Butterfield, who's got uh, a Butterfield like avatar that hovers over the benchmark.
2: <laughs> yeah, sure. No, I. I that's not the case, but if I were to create a website like this, um, certainly that would be w- so, one of the
0: players. So you've got your, Mendoza six, you've got your 6 out of 10, soccer. which is average, and then for each half point below, you get one Jacob Butterfield face.
2: Whew. man.
0: I hope he doesn't listen to the podcast. I'm guessing he probably doesn't. Oh, come on. Let's have some faith. So, <laughs> what are your predictions, Patty? Um...
1: I'm going for one-one. Huh. Uh, I think Luango is going to start. Oh, Luango! Apparently, as everyone's calling him nowadays on the, the commentary. I don't know why the A's appeared, but it's Luango apparently on uh, Robin O'Neill. It's like and... the
0: Brenner versus Borner thing.
1: Yeah, but I don't. Luango annoys me because there's no A in it. Um, but I think Luango is going to start, and uh, I think that uh Fletch will score. Evan.
2: I think we switch to a four-four-two, and it's Fletcher and Atty up top. And between the two of them, there are four goals scored, and we win the match four to
0: zero. Interesting.
2: Luongo with four assists.
0: <laughs> I think we've actually played pretty well at home, so I expect they'll. Uh... Get a nervy 2-1 with two first-half goals from Reach and Harris. Concede in the 75th minute and have to see it out.
1: I think this could be Bullen's last game in charge, by the way, if we don't win.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I know I'm, I've been
1: saying that we should give him it like full-time, but I don't think... You, that's the uh, thing you, you said, yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm personally, yeah, it's, I'm not making the decisions, am I? <laughs> no, no, you're not. <laughs> I think this. if he doesn't put a good performance in and get a win, I don't think Chancery is going to wait around much longer. It's a results and the
0: business b- the international break, yeah.
1: Yeah, an yeah. intentional break is a good time to get your manager in, so
0: we'll see. Now it's a good time. Let's take some social media questions. First from Serge Odestrom. What do you think about our tactics? For example, the set plays, throws, goal kicks. I can't see a pattern. Why have Sam drop to get balls and then punt it long, for example, and lose one man going... Uh, in for second balls so as best i can tell sort of outside of the set play stuff the tactics are just like whoever has the ball in midfield or on the wing just get it to harris as quickly as possible (laughs) and have him run to the byline um you know we're not really playing out from the back too too much we are playing sort of the long balls from the keeper more and I think with sort of the with Fletcher isolated, it's is harder to have in the fourth fourth in the four three three have players sort of run onto those second balls or win second balls to to transition quickly. So I don't I I don't know if there's a good tweak to that right now. And maybe going to a four four two where Hutchinson is sitting deeper as a matter of course. Um, you know maybe having a second striker whether it's Forestieri or Eddie Newhue, you know, playing off Fletcher to win those second balls. But there doesn't really seem to be any shape to the tactics right now outside of, oh, we figured out Kadim Harris is really good, as is quickly has the rest of the league.
1: I think for set plays, we seem to be targeting Burner quite a lot, mm-hmm. um, which hasn't really paid off because I don't think he's got a header on target yet. I know mean, we've been told that he's got a
0: couple on target.
1: Yeah, but he's, he's got a lot of chances though, hasn't he? Yeah. And a lot of them have gone over wide. Um, so if that was a tactic, then I don't think that's working very well. Um, maybe, I don't know. Fletcher doesn't seem to get much joy off corners, does he? He gets a lot of free play uh, mm-hmm. crosses, but he doesn't seem to, I don't know whether it's not carving out enough space for himself or whether we, he's making the kind of dummy runs for someone else to get to. But yeah, it seems to be the defense that's getting a lot of the uh, chances from corners and set plays at the moment, so... I would maybe switch that up and maybe target Fletcher instead.
2: Uh, the biggest change I would make is have have us take corner short, just uh, pass it to Atty and let him put his head down and barrel through the defense <laughs> and just walk it right in.
0: From I think that at, is, uh, happened once and that is it now. That's, that's the only chance of that happening ever again. From at Prairie Owls, should Wednesday bring in the Cowley brothers? We're currently managing at Lincoln City. So my understanding is there's been some interest there, but I don't know what the sort of logistics of that, or if they're interested in moving in season or whether they think they can bring Lincoln City up, um, or really even at this point, Patty, how attractive that Wednesday managerial job is.
1: That's I think that's the main point, right? Because we've seen people turn it down. Um, already who we thought we would be in with a chance with. I'm talking about and, um and, uh, what was it, Pulis as well. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the Cowley brothers are someone that we should be looking at and that we should be bringing in. Rather than the same old managerial uh, candidates you get every single time someone's sacked, uh, Bringing in someone that's hungry, being someone that's still young and proving like that they can do a job. Uh, they've got a fantastic kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, atmosphere and like set up at Lincoln City. They've already brought them up one league. It looks like they're going to get close again this time around. Um, I just feel like, I don't know if Chan Siri is that ruthless. It's you're basically stealing their managers p- part of the way through the season. And I'm not sure if you would do
0: something like that. Um, well, I think the other thing too is if you're the Cali brothers and you think you can get Lincoln City promoted again this year, at that point, you have your pick of jobs, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's I don't it. know if Wednesday is the you know, given the financial situation and everything else. If that's the, you know, the most at that point, are you in line for like, you know, like a Watford or a Brighton or something like that? Like, can you just skip the championship entirely?
1: Depends how easy they make the League One looks. As suppose, as this yeah. time around, isn't it? Uh, no, I'm, I think it's probably they're probably still probably not on the radar of. Premier League teams, maybe a relegated Premier League team would be would be interested. Uh, but like I say, we should be interested. We should be bringing him in if if we uh, if we could. Uh, I just don't think I just don't see it happening. I don't think they'd leave. I don't think that uh, we would even go that far as offering them the job.
2: Well, I'm I'm all about Danny Cowley coming in. Um, he and I, and I'll attribute this to Wikipedia as well. Him and I suffer from the same medical disease, which is Osgood-Schlatter disease. Per Wikipedia, he was involved with the youth setup at Wimbledon before the under-10s or from the under tens to the under sixteens, but was not offered a scholarship, having suffered from Osgood Schlatter disease. That's exactly why I didn't get drafted to the major leagues. <laughs> it is because of my Osgood Schlatter disease. And so, how is your
1: Osgood Schlatter disease nowadays, mate?
2: I mean, it it still flares up every now and
1: then. Um, where where, you would know, it, where would it flare up exactly?
2: It's on it's on your knees.
1: Is it? <laughs> 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 I'm gonna google it. Yes, no it, it is. It, it, it literally it <laughs> is literally that, is. is, that, is the, face,
2: too? the face that you just made when I said that. <laughs> yes, it's an inflammation of the patellar ligament at the tibial tuberosity. Oh, dear.
1: The
0: it's please. characterized
2: by a painful bump just below the knee.
0: We're not it's worse with activity and better with rest. After ten PM ever again. <laughs> Moving on to the Instagram runner underscore eight twelve. Any Sheffield made beers I should seek out to enhance my match day experiences? That's a, I feel like it's Paddy Jones doing his deepest Sheffield accent question. <laughs>
1: um, it depends when you go. I think. Uh, it, I think I know this is, this is Patrick. I think, isn't it? The runner five one two or something. Like that. I think I know it. I think he's going soon. So hopefully Bradford Bradford Blue would be available. Uh, which is one of my favourites uh, from Bradfield Brewery, obviously. That is the one that a lot of Wednesday nights talk about. It's only available for like four months a year, I think, around like autumn slash fall through winter and early January. Um, other than that, you've got a Thornbridge Brewery, which is a great brewery. They do the Wednesday beers, so they have one called Owls and one called The Wednesday, which are very kind of standard kind of IPAs and, and lagers, I believe. Um, uh, the Jaipur... For Thornbridge, is very good. That's an IPA. Um, I mean, I think James Marriott and James Allen are the two people for that question to go to, and unfortunately, neither of them are here today.
0: From JackDoodle03, who are your top three players currently at Wednesday? Mine are Harris, Bannon, and Nando. Evan Skelter. Is this, like,
2: best three players, or just our top three favorite players? I mean,
0: you can interpret that however you want. It's not explicitly laid out one way or the other yeah sure um so Liam palmer liam palmer liam palmer
2: yeah yeah there's no secret liam palmer is number one for me um i mean and the reason i started to like liam palmer was because he's kind of a homegrown type player um so so cameron dawson is is up there as well um for me that's just i I don't know why just always something i i like in sports and then um Boy, I don't know. I mean, Harris is a good player. Yeah, Harris has been has been pretty exciting. He's been fun to watch. So uh, we'll stick with him for for number three. Patty Jones.
1: Uh, currently, uh, I am going to say. Let's see. I'm going to pick uh, Hutchinson, Bannon,
0: and. Ooh.
1: I'm gonna say Lee. Kieran Lee.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go uh Kieran Lee Kadeem Harris and Kieran Westwood. I still enjoy me some Westy. From David Dot Wilcox, one twenty nine. Why does everyone slag Morgan Fox off even when he plays well? Well, I mean the main problem is he doesn't play well that often. <laughs> I'm going to come to his defense a little bit. Aye, I, I,
1: I, get, I get David's uh, question. Yeah, here. I get the and point. We, I get the point. Yeah. We've all slagged him off over the past uh, year or two, um, usually rightfully so. Um, I think that the games he's played this season, I think he's played three games now. Yeah. Uh, the first game, he was solid defensively, really poor going forward, he couldn't get a pass on target. Second game, he was solid defensively, uh, his passing was better, and that was a pretty good game. The Rotham game, I thought he was very good, and nothing got past him, and he put a couple of the crosses in too. So uh, I think he actually has pretty much basically two and a half very very good games for Wednesday the season. Uh, so when to answer David's question, why is everyone on him well? It's on his past. It's simple as that. He made a lot of errors when he first joined us, and Wednesday fans like a scapegoat at the end of the day. Um, so they won't. They're going to raise that. I mean, look at Liam Palmer. He's probably talking about six months of repeatedly good performances to get the boo the boys off his back. They're not going to raise Morgan Fox's past misdemeanors after three good games. I think uh, give him another uh, three to six months of him playing like this, and then maybe people will stop booing him.
2: No, yeah, sorry. It's my turn. Um, I, I agree. I think last year it was just, First of all, it became fun um, to make fun of him, which is an awful thing to say about a human being. Um, so like Patty said, I, I think he's playing much better. And I think there are some people still holding on to, to how poorly he played. But I really do feel like things are people are starting to come to terms with him being better. And, and the, the, uh, the flack he's catching is becoming less and less as we go forward.
0: So we threw a question out to you asking is Bully still the right long term manager appointment for Wednesday and at King Sydney 99 says no not sophisticated enough in attack we lose all our shape and just throw more strikers at the problem and then aimlessly lump it up to them your thoughts Patty
1: I think he's essentially repeating what I said last week right Um, so yeah I completely agree Um, and look when we've when we said at the beginning of the season, um, should we give Billy a chance? And I thought that two games. I said yes. Um, I still think he should be given a chance. But there's definitely questions being asked that he's not answering very well. Um, I do agree with you. I think we do lose our shape quite a lot. That um, formation uh, positions that you tweeted out the other day with the basically a downward arrow um, or someone's penis um, shows, <laughs> shows that. Um, I just hope... That he can get it right, uh, and he's given a little bit more time. I don't think he will have that much more time, but uh, that's what my hope is. I
0: guess I probably can't name the episode A Downward Arrow or Someone's Penis for (laughs) search engine optimization reasons. (laughs) You've been listening to episode 75 of the Owls AmeriCast, brought to you by Sheffield Wednesday's iFollow Live Match streaming service. Sign up at swfc.co.uk slash iFollow. You can email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com and find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesdayites, Reverend and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americas, we ask you to rate and review the show it helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. Evan is on Twitter at Ohio Owl. Evan, have you heard back from Budweiser yet?
2: Uh, No, and honestly, if they listen to this podcast, they're going to realize that they're not going to ever sponsor something where someone can fit their penis into a segment about sophistication.
1: (laughs)
0: patty is on twitter at new york owls and at patty a jones patty where are the meetups this week for qpr uh
1: we have a meetup in new york back at the Football factory it's been way too long looking forward to it um we also have a meetup in new orleans and they're at their usual place at finn mccool's so check us out on twitter at new york owls and at new orleans owl uh for details but essentially it's uh, 10 o'clock est and nine o'clock cst is that
0: yeah yeah, yeah it's correct yes <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Jeff Patternastro, and hopefully, there'll be a few more dicks here, or a few less dicks here, one or the other, next week. Bring on the dicks.